Success leaves clues, and in the Humans of Imperial podcast, we search for those clues in the stories of our alumni around the world. I'm Chris Roberts, and this week, I speak with Yasmin Irani. Yasmin is a senior associate with Knowledge on Demand Experts AlphaSites, and we hear her story. From her job search taking a little longer than she would have liked, to eventually turning down invitations from one of her top choices after finding a job she loves. This is what you can hear this week. I would just, I, I got to a point where I would laugh because every email, I wouldn't even read it. I would just look for the word, unfortunately. It is a, a lot of things together, uh, but the Career Center helped me as well for interviews when I was interviewing for my dream companies. Every time I had like a 20 minutes, I don't remember these slots. Uh, I was like, oh, I'm interviewing for this company. Can you mock interview with me? Um, mm. And it was actually quite helpful. Okay, I was very sad when I got declined for not much. And it's only four months that I found the job that I really, really like. Um, so it was, yeah, this looking back and Steve Jobs says, like, you got to believe that the dots will connect in the future somehow. We are a knowledge on demand platform. So basically we connect um, our clients who are people coming from various industries, investment funds, private equities, consulting funds. So these are our clients and we connect them with industry experts. They just celebrated uh, 15 years. Um, and what I love basically is that both CEOs are in the offices. So we have the one of them here in London and the other one is in New York. Um, it's like you feel like you're in a, in a startup vibe, but you're 1.5K employees worldwide, um, eight offices from San Francisco to uh, Shanghai. This is my conversation with Yasmin Irani. Yasmin, thank you for joining me. Why don't we start with an introduction and maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, um, so yeah, I'm Yasmin, I'm Lebanese. Basically, um, I did my master's uh, in London, but before that I was in Lebanon, did my bachelor's in economics, then did a couple of internships for two years. And uh, yeah, that's how I ended up in, in London. Why don't we explore that part first, the part before Imperial and before London? Could you talk us through maybe some of the internships you did and, and the kind of things you were doing at that point? Yeah, so basically, to start, I was um, I entered the economics because I liked it, yes. But it was more of like, it was the only thing I liked of everything I, I um, had in front of me. Um, and then I, I really liked it. But then I took my first internship. Um and I felt like it was a bit too dry for what I wanted to do mm. in my life because it was more on reports and uh, studies and less on interacting with people. Mm. Um, and I also did other, I did internship at an NGO in Lebanon to help with families. Um, I did at an advertising agency, um, the publicist group. It was more on like, advertising um, and satisfying strategy more on like client service role which was actually quite interesting and showed me that I actually like to do multiple things mm. and be facing clients um, and then I worked at the, the UN 
um, where I realized it's very interesting, but it's too, uh, yeah, too limited uh, for me in terms of what I wanted to do in my career. Yeah. You did quite a lot in those. Were you kind of exploring different options and different kind of industries and yeah. things to see what you like? Yeah. Is that the idea? Yeah, exactly. Because when I graduated, I had my bachelor in economics and my minor in business. Mm. Uh, and I was just, I knew that I didn't know what I wanted and I wanted to see what I didn't like. So that's why I was opting for an internship so that, you know, I like this part of the job. I don't like this part of the job and then trying to see a bit everything. Um, with my NGO, it was also mainly on like investor relations, which is also a good thing. Um, and each internship actually taught me what I'd like and I don't like in a, in a, in a job. That's a really good point. I, I think, Sometimes people think that, you know, internships are about getting experience and find out what you're going to do in the future. But that's a good approach to see also what you don't like, if that yeah. makes sense. They're an opportunity to experience things and be like, yeah, actually, that's not for me. Yeah, exactly. Because you get into this idea that you need to find a job as soon as you graduate. And this should be you know, one of the biggest companies or, you know, consulting everyone um, in econ wanted to go in like the top four companies. Um, and I was like, okay, but I don't even know what this job mm. entails. Um, like, how can you be so sure that this is what you want to be? Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I had, I think this fear of getting stuck in something I didn't like. So that's why I was opting for internships mainly. It's it's a it's a good way to do it. I mean, like, like you say, do, do a few different internships and experience different things. So where did when did Imperial kind of come into this and where what was where did that come from? Yeah, so it was um after two years, uh basically I joined Imperial. Uh but after my first year of internships, I was uh, studying for my GMAT and like last minute I wanted to apply for a master. Uh and then I had two unis in mind uh after my first year it was either esade or imperial um and then i was like obviously if i can get into imperial i'll go for <laughs> imperial and I, yeah but it was too late to apply actually so i was like okay it's fine for me to take another year explore a bit more because i wanted mm. to do a management master in general and then i spoke to a lot of people and they were telling me it's good to specialize these days like if you want to like choose something maybe a bit more specialized and that's how I saw the strategic marketing which was a bit of yeah strategy but as well something fun in management to to be interested mm. in and what I applied in in the second year and I got my answer in January um it was like I was a very early applicant because I knew I wanted to to join mm. the next year so tell us about it tell us about your time at Imperial like how did it go what was the experience like yeah, it was, um, I can't really complain compared to the year that was before me that they experienced COVID. But for us, it was more on like in between. It was in person mm. and um, online. Mm. When I joined, it was more on we can only meet in groups of four, in group of six. But it was actually quite interesting because the way we used to do it is that we would book a whole restaurant and because we weren't many, um, like we weren't allowed to be many on a table, we used to shuffle. And in that way, it forced us to actually meet many people. It was very interesting. And just seeing how yeah, everyone says that, but diverse and people coming from different backgrounds, from mm. you know, literature to engineering, um, 
it is different to experience and to experience it than to actually hear about it. Uh, it's like it must be a really every- strange time. Like I've spoken to a few people who were at Imperial during kind of COVID, but you're you're saying you were the kind of year after that sort of. It was still a bit strange at that point, and and things are still still not fully as they were before. Yeah. It must have been interesting. Yeah, it, it actually it was good for classes, not as good to meeting people in the mm. future. You know, it was too restrictive, and so once you already met your own group of friends, you bonded with. Um, mm. There was not much opportunity to actually meet more people, yeah. uh, but uh, no, it was it was quite interesting, and the year flew by honestly very fast. What about the program itself? You said you did strategic marketing. Yes, I did strategic marketing. Um, I honestly loved it just because, yeah, I only did one course of marketing, and I really liked it in my uni. That's what pushed me to actually go for the strategic marketing part. Uh, but what I liked is that it wasn't theoretical um it was more on case studies studying like the nice big companies and how they came to be i always still remember like the netflix case that we worked on um and a few you know case studies that pop up and i'm like whenever there's a discussion i'm like yes i actually studied this case study and how they Mm -hmm. became what they wanted to be um but yeah it's um it was very it was very interesting and the professors were all like very senior very interesting Mm. and given that they already had their uh, experience and all their career on their side it would it had more impact Mm -hmm. uh just being uh specified on on teaching Mm. you were a student ambassador as well weren't you yeah i was a student ambassador um yeah, it was a whole application process for this one. <laughs> Tell us about it a little bit. So, I mean, there's a good chance that, you know, students are going to be listening to this and it'll be the, pretty much the start of their academic year. They yeah. might have the chance to apply to be student ambassadors. Tell us about what does it involve, first of all, and what was it like to be a student ambassador? I think at first it was maybe like a video recording. Then we they put us in like a, a group online that we had to answer questions. I don't really remember. I just remember that we were nine and then they said bye and then sent email to a few of us. Um, so it was like a selection, but quite a few from my master's made it. I think we were maybe four or five. Um, it is very interesting because you get to connect not only with people in your year, which is what other opportunities could have given you, but also people who will join, people who joined before. Um, and it just gives access to a, a wider network, uh, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I guess it. I always found something uh, that I liked in helping people because I was in that stage where I actually needed someone to guide me. I mm-hmm. spoke with a few who made it to Imperial. I spoke to a few who made it to my job. Um, and mm-hmm. I value this a lot, um, given that I experienced how hard it can be to just navigate by yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're actually going to talk about that kind of thing in just a second. Uh, would you would you encourage people to get involved in things like that, to become student ambassadors? It's It's one of those things. I always look at kind of, you know, student life, let's say, let's let's, let's call it that. And for my, my side, we do a lot of employer events. You've obviously got all of your lectures, your assignments, and then you want to have a bit of a life outside of that because you're in London for a year and you're a student. And then something like student ambassador is on top of that again. Is it the kind of thing you would encourage people to do and that fit in quite well with what your plans were? 
Yeah, um, I think you can't say no. By the way, it is allowed. <laughs> <to say> no. <laughs> I know, I know, but it wasn't as much because um, some of the people I knew got for a council, and you know, we're organizing events for the whole class, which is a lot of pressure. You know, it's like mm. you have to be on top of everything. You have to please everyone, and for this one, it was more on connecting with people, and it was all it would take is just ten minutes maximum to answer someone and you would have this app on which you would be reachable mm. uh, and then people who are browsing on the network on uh, imperial's uh, page could actually send you a message and you can reply whenever you want um mm. you could also get a hoodie i got two hoodies imperial <laughs> <laughs> this is something we uh we really like but it was yeah it was also an event being part of you know um another group within Imperial mm-hmm. um, and also connecting with other student ambassadors is a way as well to um, yeah to mm-hmm. connect with people I had mm-hmm. my ambassador group of friends so yeah cool. so we talked through um, you know the internships you did beforehand uh, and you came to Imperial for strategic marketing program and we talked through that you kind of coming towards the end of your studies at Imperial you know your mind starts going towards your job search and kind of what you're going to do next. And am I right in thinking that your job search wasn't as straightforward as you would have liked it to be? Yeah, it was. It was more than what I expected because I had been applying, you know, for two years before I did my master's. But mm. then with COVID, I know there was a spike, but when I was applying, it was a, a whole low. Um, mm. And so I remember before December, I would just, I, I got to a point where I would laugh because every email, I wouldn't even read it. I would just look for the word, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And at some point in this email, it became like, a, like you would get sad at the beginning that you got declined. You didn't even get the chance, you know, to get an interview. But then at some point you understand that, you know, this is automatic and it's not necessarily against you. You just have to do a better job at putting yourself out there, reaching out to your network. And actually, this is something that the Carrier Center at Imperial um, helped me a lot with. I had so many one-on-one calls. Um, But yeah, uh, it just, it it was a tough market. And basically, I didn't have my dream job that I wanted. You know, it wasn't like it's either that or nothing. Uh, it was mm. just applying, getting the pressure that, you know, you need to find a job in London if you want to stay here and work here. Mm. Um, you need to find someone who's able for me um, to sponsor me, even though I could sponsor myself. But thinking long term, after my two years mm. of this graduate scheme, what could I do? Um, and yeah, I had a preference for companies. I like the big tech companies. Uh, this was my my go to. But um, yeah, mm. I think. This kind of thing is an important thing to talk about, to be honest. And it's actually one of the reasons why I wanted to do a podcast to begin with. Because I want to give students real stories from people who have experienced things that they might well experience. And, you know, we all like to think that it's going to be straightforward and, you know, you're going to get something in the autumn term. So you're going to be relaxed by the time you get to the, the kind of next year and you're going to go into something. But it's not really always always the case, to be honest. Uh, how, what the question really is kind of, what what what's it like when you're starting to come towards the end of your studies and the kind of is the panic start start setting in a little bit about what you're going to do next like how does how, what's it like how does it feel when you're at that point i can ask I you think, because i know you've gone and done well so it's, it's fine but <laughs> no, no, yeah i know but for me it was the opposite 
because right. everyone started to panic by the end yeah. and I got even more chill by the end. Mm. Um, I was like just accepting the fact that the market is tough, mm. that I will find a job. It's like believing that you will find a job no matter what. It's like mm. you won't stay unemployed for five years. You will find a job. It's just a matter of time perseverance the right thing will come along when it's supposed to come along but mm. yeah I remember it was like May I had received the decline from basically the company that I wanted to go for um, June as well started and it wasn't until end of June that I had you know but beginning of June I was I was like okay I'm gonna enjoy my summer I'm gonna be applying for jobs later mm. um, just believing that it, it will it will happen for you uh, we're all from Imperial is like yeah. if we're not going to get hired uh, there's a serious problem <laughs> it's funny because we look at from our side we look at the data on these things uh, mm-hmm. and we know that a very 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 high percentage of students do get jobs and they get it yeah. fairly quickly and we look at when in the academic year students get their job offers as well and there isn't really a pattern it's literally every month throughout the entire year people are getting job yeah. offers there's not necessarily one month people think that if they don't get an offer really early, that it's really bad. But that's really not the case. It's people do get jobs. It's in the like high 90% that people do get jobs. So like for listeners, for students who are listening, you know, panic and don't panic. Like everything's fine. Yeah, people do don't panic. It's fine. Time. Yeah, you'll find a job. Yeah, you'll yeah. find a job that is good for you. Even if you get a job that you don't like, it's a foot in the door. Mm. You can always move. Uh, you're not, you know. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was... It was a very weird period because, yeah, you had deadlines. So before December, it was for all FMCGs, if I remember correctly, Mm -hmm. luxury, big companies. And then like May, April, May, June, it was more like tech companies, Google, Mm -hmm. Facebook, um, whatever. And this is when when I got the client, I was like, okay, my my season is over. Let me enjoy the season of summer and then start reapplying when they start reopening. Uh, but then you never know what uh, yeah gets in your inbox. <laughs> this is it. It's, it's about taking opportunities as well. Isn't it? I was going to ask you how you motivated yourself through that time, but it sounds like you were fairly chill, to be honest. No, I was. I was honestly quite demotivated before Christmas, uh, getting all these declines because I'm like, I'm not even getting a chance to get an interview. Like, mm-hmm. what is wrong with this? And I had, you know, this website that Imperial gave us to make sure that, you know, the face is right when you're answering questions mm-hmm. and the CV is correct. This all AI powered mm-hmm. um, advantage that we had. And I was like, no, it was very demotivating. But then you get used to it and you motivate yourself and just setting this idea that it will work out. Um, mm. You will find a job. Yeah. And you said um, you went to the, the career or like service. like a conviction. Yeah. Yeah. You said you went to the career service. Like it's, it's interesting because there are patterns to these things. So for example, yeah. if, if you're applying for jobs and you're not hearing anything back or you're not even getting interviews, then the problem is probably your CV because you're not getting through the door if you are getting interviews but you're not passing at that stage then your cv is absolutely fine but there's something with your interview technique you need to work on so there's kind of patterns that you go through is that the kind of thing that you were talking to careers consultants about to try and figure out what the issue was so for the career consultants i think i remember using them for different stages of my Mm. application um, so when I set my CV correctly, it was as well, you know, this COVID period where everyone was applying to the same jobs. And it was yeah. obvious that many applications were not going to make it through either because 
you know, I don't have these many years of working experience or because yeah. I'm not from the UK or I'm not European, um, which happens because we also need a visa. Um, and, you know, it, it is a, a lot of things together. Uh, but the Career Center helped me as well for interviews when I was interviewing mm-hmm. for my dream companies every time I had like a 20 minutes I don't remember these slots uh I was like oh I'm interviewing for this company can you mock interview with me um mm. and it was actually quite helpful mm. uh, and working on you know how to apply for jobs doing this excel sheet of who you contacted on LinkedIn to have you know a foot in the door see if there is any opportunity that's not on the website because it's not about applying your CV uh, just sending your CV. It's really not. It's basically, and this is something I'm learning in my current job, is that you shouldn't be afraid of reaching out to people. If they don't want to answer, they won't answer. But mm-hmm. if they're willing to help, then you just got um, an advantage compared to so many other applicants who are just submitting their CVs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that person can either help you with interviews, refer your CV, or even give you insights on you know what the interview is about and who to reach out to within the company to submit your application hmm. you mentioned um, your current job yeah you mentioned, your, you mentioned your current job and obviously your story yeah. is a very positive story and things are going really well for you so why don't we talk about that a little bit uh, can, can you kind of tell us first how you connected with alpha sites who you work for now yeah i i honestly didn't really know alpha sites and what they did i just remembered that they sent me lots of emails when i was in uni in lebanon um, and i remember getting this message um, from the HR person at Office Sites with an opportunity. And I screenshotted it to my, it was a funny story, to my brother. And I was like, isn't it the company that used to send us like many emails? Because I thought it was more on a consulting side. That's why I never applied. And he's like, yeah, my brother was like, yeah, sure. Like, go for it. Um, at least it will be like a, a practice for you. Mm-hmm. And the more I started you know, researching the company, the more I was like, okay, this company actually does something I actually agree with and I like. So I did the first interview. The person was very nice and it made me want to, you know, know more about it. And it was like this evolution of with every interview, I was researching my company more and I started liking it. And I started realizing that the skills that I have would not be applied in the companies that I thought I wanted, but rather in this alternative company that I didn't know existed. Um, and, you know, yeah, it, it went with the interviews and my interest. I got to the last stage with the VP interview and I was like, okay, the, like I can't not get this job at this point. <laughs> like I really want it mm-hmm. from the point of not knowing it to really wanting it. Yeah. There's a nice message in there, isn't there, about being open to opportunities and kind of taking them when you get the chance, because you might find that something you weren't even aware of before is exactly the kind of thing that you're interested in. Exactly. And the things you thought you wanted were not actually the the things that are good for you or that you actually Mm. would like. Um, Yeah. Uh, Because you did get one of those offers in the end, didn't you? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then you were like, you know what, guys, I'm I'm good. I'm happy. <laughs> it was yeah, it was one of the companies that declined me uh in June. And it was, I told you, the best company that you know was my top priority. Mm. And this is when I was like, okay, I'm gonna enjoy my summer, I'm not gonna apply for jobs. And this is when Alpha Sites reached out to me. Mm. Um, and I accepted the job and I started the job, and then seeing I always say this like 
hearing the CEO, meeting the people, seeing how friendly they are, how ambitious. It's also like a small company that grew so, so much. And it's always growing, no matter the situation is like always. And it also, we can talk about it based on something that I believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I heard that on my first week and I got this call from my other company and they were like, are you still open? We'd like to tell you about like our, um, the benefits for this role as we got an opening. And I was like, and this is when I felt like I actually don't want this company anymore. Um, cause I saw myself in a, in this new company and I saw that I could grow with it, uh, and not be part of something that's already big, mm-hmm. uh, it's like my I saw that my impact here would have a uh, would be bigger than anywhere else. But yeah, it, it depends. Um it really does happen, but receiving this message and seeing that okay, everything happens for a reason. You didn't get declined from this job because you're not good enough. Maybe it's not the job that's good enough for you uh, in the end, or it's not the best job for you. The one that will let you grow, the one that will, you know, take out all your, like take you out of your comfort zone as well. I love that story. I love every bit of that story, by the way, because it's kind of like you went full circle from where you started yeah. thought you wanted to go, the whole kind of all the emotions all the way around until you got to the point yeah. where you found a job you love. Yeah. And you turn them down, which is is a pretty nice way to end that whole yeah. saga. And right. I love that. I love getting to the place. But I always used to tell them it will happen. It will work out. And getting to that place and looking back and seeing that, okay, I was very sad when I got declined for not much. And it's only four months and I found the job that I really, really like. Mm. Um, so it was, yeah, this looking back and... Steve Jobs says, like, you got to believe that the dots will connect in the future somehow. Just believing in that, everything will set, will be said. Yeah, but motivationally. But uh, this is what we need when we go through these application process, even like, especially these days. Hmm. You mentioned, you, we talked about offsets a little bit, and you mentioned that you didn't really know what offsites did at that point when they reached out and you learned as you went through the process. Could yeah. you could you talk us through what offsites do? Give people a bit of an insight? Oh, yeah, so... It's a bit complicated when it comes to telling what you do, but we are a knowledge on demand platform. So basically we connect um, our clients who are people coming from various industries, investment funds, private equities, consulting funds. So these are our clients and we connect them with industry experts. Mm. Um, This would be like really senior people in so many industries from luxury goods to nanotechnology or uh, yeah, um, ESG consulting. Um, and so basically these clients come to us when they want to know more about a certain market and they ask us to connect them with industry experts. Um, and that is my job to find the right people to connect them with. You're like a super networker. Like, like... Yeah, it's a, it's a network. Um, uh, it's traditionally called like experts network, um, yeah. but it's more, it's become more... Um, digitalized um and we don't only organize one-on-one calls um it's like a whole variety of what we we can provide um in terms of content that is available research etc i was doing a little bit of research before um before this recording um, and i saw that you know offsets have offices all around the world which i find really interesting and that's one of the fastest growing companies in the world too yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's everywhere. It started. They just celebrated uh, 15 years 
Um, and what I love basically is that both CEOs are in the offices. So we have the one of them here in London and the other one is in New York. Um, is like you feel like you're in a in a startup vibe, but you're 1.5k employees worldwide, um, eight offices from San Francisco to uh, Shanghai. Um, it's a bit everywhere. It's really fast paced as well, isn't it? It's not like you work on a project for three months or six months like you would if you worked in a consulting firm or something like that. It, it's yeah. the right thing. And it's quite short, short, sharp projects, really kind of fast paced. Yeah, yeah, it, it is very fast paced. It's um, it's something you realize is not like it's just what they say. It's actually mm-hmm. very fast paced. Um, and this is when I got on my desk and I remember my trainer was like, you didn't lie when you said this company was fast paced because projects like they come in. And they can be done in basically five hours. Honestly, mm-hmm. like this is the shortest time for one project that I had. Otherwise, there are some industries I'm working on for a year, just because mm-hmm. it gets always reopened, um, and there's always something new. Basically, this job evolves around things happening and investment clients trying to get understand what is happening and how to get the best out of it uh so as long as there is movement uh there's something to do inflation um war covid it sounds like the kind of job where you're probably not going to get bored (laughs) yeah you you don't um it is it is very interesting because the types of projects you work on are not in one specific industry and this is Mm -hmm. Probably the thing I like most about the this role is that you're not focused on healthcare or you know pharma or like you're a bit on everything. So you can have a project on hospitality and a project on aviation and a project on pharma, um, and it's a bit everywhere. Uh, so my team which works with investment clients, uh, we work on like 10, 15 projects at the same time. Mm. So what does it look like when that goes well? So like, what does a, a like successful project look like? A successful project is when the client is happy. Basically, yeah. it's a client-first mentality always. Yeah. Um, I think the satisfaction that you get from this job is, is feeling that you have an impact on something sometimes it would make the news um, that something happened in the industry and you were like oh I was part of that Um, and when you basically find the right people for the client this is also like a personal satisfaction that you were able to find something that was either niche or on a tight deadline or um, yeah I guess that's it it's basically delivering value as much as you can you know finding the Mm. right people sending them to the clients, them having calls with them. Um, it's always um, a satisfaction. You yeah. also have like your target and et cetera, but this is more on like your monthly satisfaction uh, rather than what yeah. keeps you in the company. Yeah. Yeah. We met at an event where we brought some students over to the office and you told a really cool story about how everything just went right on one of your projects. Yes. <laughs> uh, are you it able was- to share that? Yes, yes. Um, so basically, we had um, a client come in, uh, a senior client, and they were working on 
basically the launch of a new currency, a cryptocurrency in, uh, in a new country, the adoption of uh, you know, cryptocurrency. And this is something very new because, you know, we are used to uh, the dollar being, you know, the, the center of attention and not crypto or bitcoins and, and everything. Um, and so this country, um, it was more on trying to find the impact of on the country and the restructuring of the country and the economic of the country, um, the economic situation, I mean. Um, and I love this project because I had a bachelor in econ. And so my manager came and she's like, you're going to love this project. I'm like, yes. <laughs> and basically it was a challenge because it was a country in um Latin America uh, or like Central America um, and yeah it was a bit it was a bit tricky to find the right people but I was able to get a hold of an advisor to a very senior political um, person who was able to give the political angle uh, on the topic. I was able to find someone who worked um, at the IMF who had you know the financial side of the company and someone who actually worked in tech to actually tell us how feasible it is to actually launch this um, in the whole country yeah it was a it was very interesting because it was more on the stakes were on a large scale like a country not a specific industry Mm. or company yeah it sounds really cool. It sounds really interesting. I mean, I think if you're the kind of person who likes people, who likes networking, who likes a bit of detective work, I think that's yeah. the thing I, I like the most about it. It's like you feel like you're doing a bit of detective work to try and find exactly the right solution to a problem. And I, I really like that. I think that sounds, it must be really satisfying when it clicks and you know yeah. you've got yeah. the right person and you've worked really hard to find who they are and like dug for them and then you've 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 got it. That must feel really satisfying. Yeah, if you find them, it's... It's a feeling like never before. It's like, I found the right person. This person got back to me. Um, And basically on this story, I connected with my professor um, in Lebanon, who was connected to a professor in the US who worked on this specific project. Um, Mm -hmm. And basically these connection of people you didn't even think about. So my professor in Lebanon was connected to someone who shared with me the name of a person who is actually very senior. Um, and could be, you know, the perfect fit for this project. Um, and yeah, sometimes it's easier than others if it's like a, a very known market. So you know who to target, you know who to look for. Um, but when it's something niche, you have to read articles, you know, this detective work, like have this curious curiosity um, side of you take the advantage of you, basically. So like, I, I need to read this article, who wrote this, who talked about this, who can be placed um, yeah. It's a really good example of what networking actually is as well. Like you you didn't say I went to someone, they were the right person. You went to someone who went to someone who knew someone who put you in touch with yeah. someone. Like that that is what networking is. It's not yeah, necessarily the first person you talk to. It's yeah. it's what comes, what grows from there. Yeah. And also like I'm they told us this a lot um at me, but LinkedIn is a really powerful tool. It's like you just can send connection requests to people and they don't mind because it's a uh, it's not like oh my god I'm shy now to send a request to this person but this person doesn't really care you know if you send him a request and he doesn't want to accept he won't accept it's not like you shamed yourself or something but if he accepts he's a network um so if 
he likes a post of yours, his network of really senior people could actually see whatever post you post or, um, yeah, uh, you always like these seven degrees of connection. Yeah. Uh, always know someone somewhere. So, yeah. yeah LinkedIn is pretty well. I think with LinkedIn, you kind of need to be part of it to get the most out of it. <clears throat> so you, like you say, if someone likes your post, you need to make a post for someone to be able to like your post. I think you get out of it what you put into it. So if you're reaching out yeah. to people all the time, building your network, speaking to people, you're going to get a lot from it. If you yeah. kind of lurk in the background, don't really connect with anybody, don't yeah. comment, don't like, you're probably not going to get so much out of it. Yeah. And funny thing is that I didn't used to, I, I don't post on LinkedIn. And it was something I worked with, with the Carrier Center. And I did this mentorship program with Google. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm, it's May. I don't have a job. Uh, let me just post. Um that I did this certificate or whatever. Mm. And I believe because it went a bit, I wouldn't say viral, but people from outside of my network were actually checking my profile. And I believe that this is what got the HR at Alpha Sites to find my profile. Um, because it was like a matter of one week um, that I got reached out to. So yeah, you've yeah. got to be in it. People, you don't know it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So talk us through, I mean, I'm not sure if you will answer this question, but what does a, a sort of typical day in your life at work look like? Yeah, so it's a long day uh, because we work for projects from a bit everywhere. Uh, we come in, uh, we go through our email to see if someone got back to us, someone who's, you know, uh, an expert, a client, uh, and we sit basically listing our priorities for the day and what is still pending to do is like we need to do more research on this project do you know uh chasing experts on this one because yeah not everyone's going to get back to you from the first message so that's why you need to basically chase people um and won't be afraid to chase and everything it's fine <laughs> uh yeah so and then you meet with your team to like make sure your manager you know has an overview of your projects so that they can redirect you on what's important what's a bit less important you know in terms of priorities um and then you go on you have a lunch break you meet with your friends um we have a nice rooftop so now it's i love better. your rooftop i really like yeah. your rooftop. i've been there a couple of times it's really nice yeah yeah, and then uh that's the day basically reaching out on linkedin um sending messages, starting new projects, you would start, it depends on, on the period, of course, and the day of the week, but you can start from like zero projects per day to six. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, it really goes, uh, yeah, that way. And then you you wrap up is, um, yeah, it's more on like strategic thinking of what would be done best on each project to maximize it. Mm -hmm. Hmm. That's really interesting. Um, I always ask this question to guests on the podcast, and it's a final question. Um, what advice would you give to current students? I mean, it might be about students who are looking for a job and are, are struggling a bit, but it could be about anything at all. If you could go back in time and talk to yourself at that point, what would you say? Yeah, I would tell myself um, it's good that I kept like the faith or whatever belief you have in you that you're going to find something. I guess I was too impacted at first um, by, you know, the search and, you know, seeing some of my friends I was very happy for them because I was not going for these jobs anyway, but having people 
find jobs and be, you know, in the state where they can enjoy the summer fully and not have, you know, something in the back of your mind that's like, you have to find a job, you have to find a job, you know, it's like, what is this gap on your CV? You know, this fear of this gap is, is insane. And just believing in yourself that it's going to work out, but doing the job, basically, don't just sit and do nothing. Um, reach out to people, use your connections, reach out to people on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, I guess reaching out to HR people will just put your name up there because the system might eliminate you, but they might give you a chance. Um, so yeah, just uh, enjoy your year, I guess. I didn't really enjoy it as much as I wanted to uh, from every every aspect just the covid or courses um meeting people like try to maximize your network and now what i love is that i have quite a few friends who have their own uh startup or whatever business that they're doing and it's very satisfying to to be in a position to say oh my friend you know started this podcast uh or this friend is doing her own you know sports um page and this one has a tea company uh, it's a bit everywhere um so yeah enjoy these connections learn from each other because like these are the people who will push you uh who will support you as well yeah. i love your story because you've got that part about it being a little bit difficult but you've ended up somewhere that you're you're obviously from this conversation alone you're clearly very happy and you clearly like what you do so it's really yeah. nice to see it is a very intense job and it gets tiring. I'm not talking about, you know, it's always flowers and, uh, but having like finding a satisfaction in a job, for example, for me, it's my curiosity. It's like a bit everywhere, everything, um, cur- like finding the right people, this, you know, investigator had that you mentioned. Um, this is what I like the most about this job, even though any job can get, you know, repetitive or, but as long as you like something and you know you have you find your own motivation within it and as long as you're learning I think every job is great if you're learning something but if you get to a stage where you're stagnant that means you need to move yourself because we always need to grow yeah very true I think that's probably a good way to end as well Yasmin thank you so much for joining me on the podcast it's been a pleasure yeah me too. thank you so much One of the motivations for starting this podcast was to bring you the real stories that you might not hear anywhere else, and for me, this is one of those episodes. It's great to hear how much Yasmin loves her role with Advocite, and it sounds like it's a really good fit for her, but hearing about the difficulties she had in finding a job was really helpful for anyone going through the same thing right now. Sometimes you can do everything right, and it just doesn't click, but as Yasmin says, just keep going and maybe speak to a careers consultant if you can, and you'll get there in the end. It's a little difficult to discuss these things sometimes, so a big thank you to Yasmin for being so open and honest. I'm sure it'll make a big difference for someone out there who's experiencing something similar. I love getting an insight into her work too, and I must admit, it does sound like a fun job. And I think that detective analogy is a good one. It sounds like there's a real buzz when it does all fit together, and I imagine it's a brilliant place to be when you're winning. Thanks again for listening. And if you're an Imperial student, we actually have an event with Alphasites coming up on the 9th of November. You need to apply to attend this one, so if you're interested, you can find it on Simplicity. I've been Chris Roberts, and I'll see you next time.